Welcome to We Need to Talk About Tech, tech. Uh, where we talk about the past, present, and future of technology. Hello, everyone in podcast land. Welcome to this week's episode, our first episode of the new year. On this week's episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about all the cool new products we think are going to show up at CES 2024. We're talking about Samsung Unpacked, getting leaked early, of course. And we're going to talk about some interesting topics around the tech industry. All right. Topic number one, what we're looking forward to at CES. Now, CES, it's an exciting time of year. For some people, it's their favorite time of year, even more so than Christmas. It, uh, I mean, there's a lot that comes out, a lot of tech stuff. There's TVs, there's cars, there's smart home stuff. There's, you know, your traditional smartphones, laptops, gaming stuff. Anything you can think of related to tech is pretty much going to come out during CES or could come out during CES. Now, CES is taking place from January 9th to the 12th. And one thing that I'm really looking forward to is ROG, the Republic of Gamers, Asus. They're doing a giveaway of their ROG Ally. Now, there's actually two waves that are happening for this. The first wave is taking place right now. And... What that entails is you have to do some sort of uh, social media post. So either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And in that post, you have to use hashtag. So CES 2024 or CES 2024 ROG. And the more posts you share, the better your chances are of winning an ROG ally, which is pretty cool. So that's going on from December 11th to January 7th. This is being recorded on the 6th, so you have a day to do it, I guess, to post. The second wave is, so during the ROG Ally presentation at CES, which takes place on January 8th, it is 1500 PST, so 3 o'clock Pacific time. So during that, they're going to have a live stream, there's going to be codes that show up on screen, and you're just going to have to comment with the right, or sorry, there's some sort of Gleam activity, some Gleam login that you have to do. So Asus has given a lot of ROG allies away. I was kind of disappointed that uh, this past Game Awards that Steam didn't do another Steam Deck giveaway, but I guess can't do that every awards show. But yeah, I think it's pretty exciting. I'm sure we'll get more updates from ROG, you know, maybe not necessarily about the ally, Probably more so like their gaming laptops. You know, they have their Strix devices. They have the Flow X and the Flow Z. But yeah, definitely a, a fun headline, a good headline before CES actually starts. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be fun to see if they do anything interesting with the ROG Ally. If we get some maybe uh, special edition color like we got with the Steam Deck. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the giveaway at the game, the game awards. We actually did get a, a giveaway this year, but it was so messed up and broken. Um, and it was also only for the U.S. Unlike last year, where the St- big Steam Deck giveaway was for USA and Canada. This year, they gave away, I believe, some of the special editions of the Steam Deck, but they also gave away ROG Allies. Uh, oh, did they? This year, yeah, but it was only for U.S. citizens, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely the opportunity that ROG Ally, especially after the Steam Deck OLED, which you talked about a bit on the last podcast, being such a hit, 
that maybe the uh, Asus can be like, oh, you know what, we can we can update this machine as well. And I think there are some things that they do need to address. They've talked about maybe already fixing the micro SD hard breaking issue. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, 100% nailed down, although they are saying that if there is any issues, they will be covered by warranty. But I think if we get like a slight redesign of the ROG Ally to maybe bring the SD card a little bit further away from the exhaust port, uh, so maybe people aren't as concerned about the heating issues, but also, you know, maybe a better screen, maybe an OLED screen, uh, and maybe a different color option. I think if they do anything like that, that would be cool. On top of that, they could also just update the specs, which is something that the Steam Deck didn't do. Valve didn't do with the Steam Deck. But, you know, we, we got some interesting kind of sneak peeks into what might be showing up at CES. And one thing that did leak is actually an ROG Ally and Steam Deck competitor, uh, MSI is going to be making a a handheld i believe it's called the claw and it's not the best looking device i've seen and i believe it's going to be powered by intel processors um intel's new core ultra series because they just changed the naming of their of their uh their chips it's not i anymore it's like ultra i I believe Mm -hmm. they still have the i series for like the base level but then they have a whole nother set for like ultra 7 ultra 9 and stuff like that and apparently this is going to be using a Core Ultra 7 processor. Uh, the details uh, from what I see here is it's going to be a 16-core chip with 22 threads. So potentially, you know, mostly mostly uh, performance cores, maybe five, maybe 11 performance cores and then five efficiency cores on this processor. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if this competes at all with AMD's Z1 Extreme processor, which is what the the Lenovo, Lenovo, Lenovo Legion Go and the ROG Ally use, or if it competes more maybe with the Steam Deck, or if it kind of doesn't compete with either of those because it's Intel and we haven't really seen much in terms of handheld devices being used by their processors. So yeah, this is this is interesting. We also got to see a little bit of from Dell. Um, prior to CES, we only really got to see their XPS line. We got to see uh, a refresh there. I think, once again, this is Dell going in the wrong direction. I believe after last year's CES or the year before, we talked about the uh, the new XPS 13 where it was using an invisible trackpad and a edge-to-edge keyboard and like a touch bar at the top. And I think we were both like, this is kind of gimmicky and, and a bad idea. Well, it looks like they're bringing that to all their their XPS line now. (laughs) So I don't know. I guess maybe it was super successful or they're just not listening to people who actually want real, you know, tactile trackpads and tactile function buttons. Um, But yeah, this is this is an interesting CES overall. It's going to be an interesting CES overall. Like you mentioned, it's starting on Monday, uh, January 9th. And in the past, I've always said that CES was like my second Christmas. It was always one of my favorite events of the year. In the past few years, it's been a little bit dull. Not a lot of interesting stuff that we've seen out of CES. A lot of the main brands have pulled out. But um, is is there anything, any other products that you'd be excited to see from the big players of the tech industry or uh, something that you hope to see? I know there is rumors that Sony is going to bring uh, updated version of their Afila brand cars, which is their partnership with Honda, that's apparently supposed to come out very soon. But who knows? Maybe we might see an update to that as well. Yeah, it's just a bit more on the Dell XPS stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a 14 and a 16 inch, as you mentioned, you know, the, the 13 plus they had last year, uh, had the, you know, no actual discrete trackpad section. The bottom was just all one glass panel. And it was sort of like a haptic feedback sensation where the trackpad would be. As you said, we both kind of thought it was an interesting design, weren't fans of it, and they brought it to their entire lineup. But it's now going to come in 14 inches and 16 inches. So I I don't think the 13's around anymore. It might be. Um, but they've bumped up in size. And kind of what that allows you to do, or I guess one reason they're given for it is that now that it's slightly bigger you can have a discrete gpu inside so there's no more integrated gpu or you can have the option of not having an integrated gpu so the 14 inch can have up to an rtx 4050 inside it's running the new intel chips or the new meteor lake intel core ultra 7 as you mentioned no more uh i7 or whatever it is wouldn't be the main chip so it's an ultra 7 and it has a 70 watt hour battery another good thing they updated the webcam so they've improved it to a 1080 resolution webcam so a lot better for video calls for you know zoom meetings that sort of thing and you can have an ips or an oled display with very thin bezels so no notch surprisingly mm -hmm. there's also a 16 inch version so even bigger which means you can have even more thermal capabilities, right? You can have even more higher wattage components inside. So you can get up to an RTX 4070 inside, Intel Core Ultra 9, and has a 99.5 watt hour battery. And also it looks like, you know, I don't think they're officially out yet. These are kind of like teasers before CES, but it looks like there's going to be a discrete button for Microsoft Copilot. So it's sort of like you press the button and then, you have Microsoft Copilot pop up and you can interact with it. In terms of what I'm looking for, looking forward to at CES, uh, yeah, I am looking forward to the the car from Sony and Honda. I'm looking forward to seeing some advancements in that. And I don't really, I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to it, but one thing I'm expecting is a lot of AI mm. just thrown into everything, right? Near the, you know, the second half of 2023, AI was popping up everywhere. Everyone had their own LLM that they were launching. Everyone had their own AI assistant that they were implementing into stuff. And it seems like, you know, new year, it's not a new trend. It's people are doubling down on AI now. And one thing that I've kind of seen a little bit about is Samsung is really focusing on AI being added into their products. So Samsung, they don't just make, you know, they don't just make cell phones. They don't just make laptops and tablets and TVs They make home appliances too. So there's talks that Samsung is going to be, you know, a, a big part of their marketing is going to be they're bringing AI to home appliances. So to cooktops, you know, to vacuums, to fridges, probably to washing machines too. Everything is going to have a little bit of AI sprinkled in it. And who knows how useful it will be to have, you know, an AI powered washing machine, but I'm sure out, I'm sure Samsung is going to sell us on the benefits of having this, you know, having AI in your stove or having AI in your freezer or something like that. Uh, you know, AI powered light bulbs probably, but, uh, 
I one question I did have, which you answered, you know, I, one question I had was, are we going to have another entry into the handheld gaming? Because, you know, with the Switch originally, then the Steam Deck popped up, then the Asus ROG Ally, Lenovo Legion Go, and I, you know, I have to admit, the logo, what'd you say? Lenovo? 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 Lenovo sounds way better than <laughs> Lenovo Legion Go. Yeah, Lenovo's, it does. We should... Hopefully that catches on the Lenovo, uh, and you mentioned the MSI Cloud, which I hadn't heard about before. So that uh, I just pulled up some pictures of it now. I mean, I, it looks weird mm-hmm. in this press image that I've seen. The thumbsticks look kind of tiny. The size of the device look disproportionate compared to the size of the screen. But who, it's just this one image, and it's not even like a straight-on shot. It's kind of like an off-axis pressy kind of image so we'll see hopefully it does pop up you know the ces and hopefully we see some people with hands on it um i mean we won't begin our hands on it so <laughs> but yeah i'm definitely interested to see more competition in the space and you mentioned you know hey there's talks that they're going to be using an intel chip i know at least in the past intel laptop chips haven't been the best in terms of like thermal performance and thermal management so that does worry me for a handheld device. Uh, but something else I'm wondering, and I already know the answer to this, but what kind of operating system is it going to have? It'd be cool if it was like, hey, we've talked before in the past about SteamOS being available for other devices. It'd be cool if you could run SteamOS on this. So it's like, hey, we have the simplified, you just want to pick up a, a device and start playing games and you don't want to have to do any tinkering around. It'd be cool if we saw SteamOS on this, but it's, I, you know, I'd say 95% it's going to have Windows mm-hmm. 11 on it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, until it's officially announced, we can hope, we can daydream. But, you know, maybe we get another entry also. Maybe MSI has something. Who is it? LG had their... Yes, the... Uh, oh, man, the LG... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Logitech. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what Logitech. Logitech Cloud? G Cloud or G-Cloud, something like yes. that? Yes, the Logitech yeah. G Cloud. Maybe they'll have a discrete gaming device and not like a, like a streaming device. But who knows? As, as we've seen, you know, there's definitely interest in the market. People are interested in handheld gaming devices. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to more of that stuff. Is there anything specific that you're looking forward to from CES? Um, honestly, I, I think, so you mentioned a, a couple of things there that I think are going to be the trend of this CES and it's just the trend of tech news in the past year. Um, and that's, I think going to be AI, uh, quote unquote AI, whatever that means. And it's interesting because you mentioned, you know, Samsung potentially bringing it to their products. We're going to talk about unpacked soon, but one thing I will say is even when Samsung did bring a lot of predictive stuff like machine learning kind of tasks to their fridges and and their stoves and stuff like that and their washing machines it wasn't it was cool but it wasn't something that people were going to buy a fridge for I think it was more of a party trick than it was actually useful does this new integration of AI actually help that stuff Uh, I personally don't know uh, because at the end of the day a fridge is a fridge and adding more stuff to a fridge is just adding more stuff that could potentially break or more complication to something that just needs to keep your stuff cold. Right. So 
it's one of those things where I wonder if too many companies are trying to use these this tech as potential marketing rather than it making a really good product. And I think that might color this CES's whole narrative, which might be a bit of a downer to me because I'm always a fan of seeing new tech products. Like I remember when Samsung first showed OLEDs and flexible OLEDs, and this is far before, way before we ever got a folding screen, we got to see a glimpse of what you could potentially do with that tech a decade in the past. Um, but just showing like some random AI or even what Microsoft is doing with Copilot, you mentioned, hey, yeah, these new machines are going to have a button. It's actually going to be on the right side of the keyboard right next to the uh, the arrow keys. Uh, I believe, you know, they're going to put the Copilot button there so that you can bring up your quote unquote AI anytime that you want on your keyboard. And I don't know how useful that will be, but it's something that's happening to these to these machines. And I'm sure this is something that Intel is going to talk about as uh, as well, because one interesting thing you mentioned, like the the gaming machines. One interesting thing is I know Microsoft does want to make Windows better for gaming machines. So they want to make a, a specific UI for these gaming handhelds. Maybe we might see a glimpse of that. But yeah. the interesting thing with the Intel stuff, with this potential MSI Claw uh, device that could be using an Intel chip, is that unlike the the Z1 Extreme kind of processor that AMD used, it's very similar to one of their mainstream processors, but they kind of made it its own thing. From these rumors that we're seeing from MSI, it's seeming like it just might be a standard chip, the Core Ultra 5 155H, which is, if that's the case, that's also a chip that's available in the Dell XPS 14 and Dell XPS 16. Um, and maybe that could potentially say, okay, if we have... A bunch of machines that use the same chip, developers can target this particular chip as a baseline for a gaming handheld or a gaming laptop. And also, if you're going to integrate AI into the chip, um, you know, like some machine learning cores or whatever, specifically into the chip or into the graphics part of the chip, you can have that equal across every single platform. And, you know, maybe even Windows can take advantage of that as well. So I don't know. This is an interesting kind of thing. But overall, to me, I feel like AI is going to color the CES. And to me, that might be a bit of a, a letdown as I always want to see really new products. I'm actually hoping I don't think analog usually shows up at these things, but I'm hoping the analog 3D shows up. That would be kind of cool and interesting. Ooh, that'd be very cool if the analog 3D showed up. All right, on to topic number two, Samsung Unpacked is just around the corner. Now, it's supposed to happen January 17th, but of course, it leaked early, right? I think, what, like in December, like early December, we already had renders of what the S family devices were supposed to look like. We had specs leak of what they were supposed to be, but it's happening on January 17th. We're supposed to get the regular Galaxy S family of phones, so... S24, S24 Plus, S24 Ultra. But uh, of course, they're going to add AI. Like I mentioned in the last topic, Samsung's adding AI to their smart home stuff. So of course, they're going to add it to their smartphone stuff. What kind of stuff will you know AI be able to do? Mostly people will probably use it for like photo editing, for generative fill stuff. Like, you know, Google has their magic eraser and... I think they're magic fill also so 
Samsung's just going to have their own. I think they already do have a, a slight version of that, right? Yeah. But so, yeah, photo editing stuff, composing emails, summarizing documents. Samsung has even talked in the past about translating phone calls in real time using AI. But, you know, more on the phone specs, they look exactly the same. They might have a flatter front and they might have flatter edges. So, you know, more similar to what, you know, the iPhone 12, 13, 14s look like. The S24 is staying at 6.2 inches. The S24 Plus is rumored to get bumped up to 6.7 inches. And the S24 Ultra is still at 6.8 inches. Now, S24 is supposed to have 200 megapixel main camera, just like the S23. 10x optical zoom, just like the S23. All three are going to be powered by the Snapdragon 8 Gen 3, which is kind of, you know, that's, I feel like part of why they want to launch at the start of the year is they're one of the first few phones to have the newest snapdragon chip mm-hmm. right and then you know halfway through the year they'll do their i guess no they don't really do the note anymore do they well no because mm. it's just the ultra now it's just the ultra yeah they scrapped the note but anyways they always have the newest snapdragon chip at the start of the year i think there's maybe like one or two phones that came out in you know 20 at the end of 2023 with it but yeah Specs are pretty much identical to the S23 lineup. So it seems like the more, like the bigger change is going to be with AI, which is, as you said at the end of the last topic, it seems like that's going to kind of be the story of everything this year, which to me is a little bit disappointing. Like phones have been pretty iterative for a while and it's cool to see something new technology or specs wise even though it's not always like the most exciting like oh you went from 100 megapixels to 200 megapixels but like there's still a physical change so the fact that it seems like companies are kind of like they're taking their foot off of the the design pedal or the specs pedal and they're like all right let's just throw ai into this and that's going to make it flashy and new Mm -hmm. even though nothing else changes about it but i guess what are your thoughts on the you know the s 24 family of devices that have leaked what are your thoughts on i don't know the fact that ai is seems to be the selling feature i mean who knows there could be something else that we don't know about but it seems like the main selling point of these devices is going to be their ai capabilities i mean you hit the nail right on the head uh like you couldn't be more right even if you go to like the samsung galaxy unpacked event uh page it's a short five second video where all it says is Galaxy AI is coming. And to me, this seems like a indicative of a little bit of a problem that Samsung is going through right now. And it's not just the AI thing. It's the fact that the leaks show that there's going to be no real difference between the S23 and the S24. Yes, you're going to get a slight spec bump. Yes, you're going to get, um, you know, maybe a slight tweak to the design, but nothing that's going to make it all that interesting because they're going to bank on AI being the selling feature. And that's something that Pixel tried to do this year. I don't know if it worked. Maybe it did. I think what, but if you look at what Pixel did, what really caught the headlines with the brand new Pixels is the extended support for security and software updates. Like it wasn't the AI, uh, you know, video and photo features. Although, you know, some people were kind of interested in that. 
since the reviews, really what people talk about is the fact that, hey, this phone should be able to last you a long time with Apple level support, which is awesome. Uh, but with Galaxy, you know, we've seen with the Galaxy Fold series, what sticking to your laurels and not really innovating and just doing the same thing year after year will get you. And it gets you the ability for OnePlus to come in and make a folding phone that's way better than anything that you've made because you just stopped innovating. And I think yep. that's something that Samsung is dealing with with their main phones right now. Like, yes, the Ultra is cool. It's pretty much the new Note. It's got the S Pen. You know, it's got this interesting design. But it's a design that's existed since the Note 10. Like, it's a very old design. The Galaxy S23 series or the S24 series is an old design as well. And there's no signs of anything about that getting updated. Like even with Apple, at least they, they brought in the new materials. They did titanium. They brought the dynamic island. As much as, you know, we, I think we both thought the dynamic island is cool, but more of a gimmick than it is a feature, it's still mm -hmm. more interesting to me than AI as yeah. as a concept in a phone. So I don't know. This is This is an interesting thing. I think Samsung is potentially going in the wrong direction and i think they can afford to go in the wrong direction because a lot of their main uh sales well i shouldn't even say that because they are big in europe as well but at least in the north american market it's a two-player system it's samsung and it's apple um and we've seen this with apple of not really needing to do much innovation in the north american market because they have such a strong foothold mm. but they still do it and i think samsung needs to realize that hey you know you have huawei you have honor you have uh nothing and you have oneplus doing f much better or making much more interesting phones than you are and it's only a matter of time before people turn around and say you know what why would i get a samsung when it's the same design and maybe they throw in an ai buzzword here but if i go to oneplus i can get the best folding phone if i go to uh google I can get the best customer support or uh, OS support. If I go to Apple, I can get all these new features and being able to shoot spatial video and all this stuff. To me right now, at least from what these leaks are showing and what Galaxy Unpacked is showing, I wouldn't be surprised if the S24 is super underwhelming and people just aren't interested in it at all. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Well, is there any feature in particular? Like obviously the AI is going to be the focus, but you know we've talked about the new Galaxy phones so many times over the years is there anything you think galaxy phones need or should uh, implement in their phones going forward like one of the things i really like about the fold phones but once again there are uh, phones from china that do this much better but it's the under display um, selfie camera that is not the best idea for a selfie camera but especially from what we've seen from a lot of other manufacturers other than samsung it looks really, really good with the all-screen display. And if you really need to take a selfie, a lot of them are doing much better pictures than Samsung now. Um, so that's something I would love to see them do. You know, pop-up cameras have disappeared. Maybe a, a completely flat back. I've, I've seen some kind of people speculating that the Galaxy S24 series might not have a camera bump, bump and they already minimized that quite a bit. But I don't know, is there any feature, maybe bringing the headphone jack back? Uh, is there any feature in particular that you would love to see from a Samsung phone? You know what? I don't need to see anything from Samsung. <laughs> I, you know, I'll I'll piggyback on what you said. Mm -hmm. Bring the headphone jack back. I, you know, Samsung just make a, a Sony Xperia one. 
That's yes. all you got to do. Oh, man. Bring the headphone jack back. Bring micro SD card back. Give me a notification LED. Stop with this under display nonsense. No one really cares about that. People want to take pictures of themselves. Mm-hmm. So let them do that. And flatten out the phone. So make the back uniform. Make the front flat. Make the sides flat. And there you go. That's, that's you know, from one old school boomer, you know, Android enthusiast. That's what I would like to see from Samsung. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, I'm thinking of like Samsung and like how cool their phones used to be in terms of, oh, they were the best phone that you could buy. But then even now, when you think about it, the nothing phone two has flagship specs. And that's, you know, a decision that some criticize, including myself, of like getting out of the the more mid-range space. But apparently they are going to come out with a new phone. Maybe we might see it at CES, like an A-series, a lower-priced phone. Um, mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where I look at Samsung, and as much as I like the Ultra design, and I think I said last year I would like the Ultra design to be, you know, put down to the, to the regular S-series just because I think that design is, is a little bit more... I would like to see that design in a smaller device. Um, And, you know, Samsung does make smaller phones, which is nice. But when I compare it to something like the Nothing Phone 2, it just has way more style and way more intrigue. And all they did to do that was make a fake transparent back with some lights. But yet they still have a cooler design and a cooler brand than what than Samsung Galaxy, which should be the biggest. It's like... It would be like if Apple just overnight lost their cachet because they just kept doing the same thing over and over again. And I don't know. It's it's hmm. it, it's one of those things where it's also difficult because when you talk about how do you make the coolest cell phone, I don't know if maybe Samsung is, is interested in that or, or if they're willing to do something like what nothing did. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's. A, I think they're in a tough position, definitely, um, because they have their fans. I think when you're in a position of when you have people, it's kind of harder to make big changes, big swings, because you could potentially piss off those people where it's much mm-hmm. easier just to add a software feature like AI and give them the same phone. And hopefully that will sell them on the new device. But I don't know. Maybe they need to poach some people from Apple on how to market uh, cool new features to 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 new to prospective new customers. Maybe, <laughs> or I, I would say poach people from nothing, if anything. Yeah, yeah. All right, because like Samsung or not Samsung, Apple doesn't do. Yeah, I don't know. Apple doesn't really have like cool new designs, really. Right, it's just just their marketing, it's just really, really, really good marketing, good yeah. marketing, which works, right? I mean, I have a bunch of Apple products, so it works. But I would say if they're going to poach anyone to, like, really shake things up, I think it would be from a company like Nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? And then also, you know, Nothing doesn't have as much money as them, so it would be easier for them to compete salary-wise. But, yeah, it is it is a difficult position for them to be in just because, like, they are not at the very top. Right, but they are like what number two in terms of phone sales. Yeah, right, and probably in terms of like worldwide market, I imagine their market is bigger than Apple's. So, yeah, tough. It's a difficult position to be in when you're so successful. It's like we're so successful, so like 
you don't want to shake things up too much. But then it's also if you don't shake things too up, shake things up too much, then like you you know like you mentioned, you get Google Pixel Fold comes in, and then the one or one plus fold comes in yeah well speaking of google pixel do you think there's any chance samsung matches the seven years of support that the pixel did um or do, are they just not afraid of the pixel at all because it's a much smaller smaller brand and smaller market i think they match it or up it because hmm. before they had more support than google did right yeah yeah i think they had like four for the years longest before. time they did so i'm yeah i don't see why they wouldn't match it All right, I just sent you a link in the Discord. There is a new phone case for iPhone, which I, I guess has been, it seems like it's been getting a little bit of uh, popularity. It's a clicks case for iPhone, which essentially is just a BlackBerry keyboard underneath your iPhone. So someone, as someone who's been a longtime BlackBerry fan, it's a keyboard, you know, their headline is create without limits, free up your screen for content, make your statement and take full control of your phone with clicks. I just like physical keyboards. I don't know how useful this would be just because it makes the phone extremely long. Yeah. Uh, especially because you're holding it at the bottom of the phone and it's extended. So it's like you're the phone would feel extra heavy. Imagine trying to hold your phone from like the very bottom of it and then you extend it like an extra two inches. The moment arm would just be ridiculous. Not to mention, I don't know if this is for uh, a max phone or a plus phone, but then that would be like even bigger than like, yeah, this, it seems cool. It looks cool to me because I'm familiar with Blackberries, but uh I don't know practically how well this is going to work. I feel like people's forearms will just get either tired or like jacked from using this <laughs> device. And I feel like a lot of people would need to like lay this down on a desk in order to use it properly. But what are your thoughts on this clicks case for iPhones? Well, uh, first I want to give a shout out to Mr. Mobile, which is the first place that I saw this. Um, got the exclusive a couple days ago. Uh, this is weird. Um, one, one thing... <laughs> The color is really cool. I love the the marketing color that they're using. They're they're starting it off with like this yellow. I believe there's also like a grayish blue version of, with it as well. I I this is so weird. Um, I think most people today can type faster and more accurately on a virtual keyboard than they can on a BlackBerry style physical keyboard. So I don't think there's there's a market for this honestly, and. Like you said, I'm a person who who loves old older Blackberries. One of the reasons why I love them is, unfortunately, this can't emulate, and it's how pocketable they were. Like I, I, I always say, one of my favorite phones of all time was the BlackBerry Bold 9900. That was the first BlackBerry with the touchscreen, but it was still a BlackBerry-sized phone. It was still a smaller screen. It was more of a portrait screen as opposed to landscape. And it did have the full keyboard under it, but it was still smaller than an iPhone mini is right now, right? So it's just a completely different idea around the smartphone um, back in those times. But this is, it's, I want it to be successful. I just can't see why anyone would use this. Uh, but you have an iPhone. Uh, I, I think we already 
to got your answer about this, but can you ever see yourself using this? Um, and do you think that you would be more accurate or faster typing with this than you would just be using the the touchscreen on your phone? No to using it, but I do think it would help me be more accurate. Okay. Like there's sometimes, and especially I guess now when it's cold, where it's like my fingers are cold. Yeah. So I'm typing, and I don't know if I'm misclicking. I'm gonna blame the phone for it. Like it's reading my finger wrong because it's colder than normal. Um, but it would, yeah, it would probably help me be more accurate. Do I see myself using it? No. Yeah, I don't have anything that extensive. Like I'm not responding to emails that long on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not, you know, typing comments that long on my iPhone. If I have something long to type, then I'm just going to go to my iPad because I have a keyboard for it. Or if I'm actually like responding to a work email, if I really like, okay, I need to get a lot of work done. I need to type a lot. I need to respond to a lot of emails and that sort of thing. I'm going to my laptop. I don't see myself. And even even then, like I have a dock where I plug my laptop into. So I have an actual keyboard and an actual mouse. So it's like there's levels, I guess, or stages to how productive I'm trying to be. And I don't think an iPhone with a keyboard fits into that at all. Like you said, it's like part of why I I like my phone. It's pocketable and it's easy to use. And it's okay. I just take take it out, you know, you know, type a quick message, respond to something quickly, and then okay, back in my pocket. But the fact that it's making your phone even bigger technically longer than it already is to me it looks like it would be difficult to use for long periods of time just because like how the weight would be so yeah i don't see myself using this or wanting to use something like this yeah yeah and and i mean i don't think the price helps either uh just you know so right now what this device is supporting is supporting the iphone 14 pro 15 pro and 15 pro max which means that there's going to be a lightning and a USB-C version. Little strange. Mm. I don't know why they would support the 14 Pro at this point. But the smaller version, so the 14 Pro and the 15 Pro are going to be 140 US dollars, whereas the 15 Pro Max version is going to be 160 US dollars, specifically 139 and 159. But um yeah, it, it's it's something that's going to be shipping by about March. They're aiming for the spring. And you can pre-order with a $30 deposit. Once again, I, I want to say the the yellow color, it's called Bumblebee. I think it looks awesome. And then there's also a, a London Sky, which is like a bluish gray color as well. But yeah, it's I completely agree with you. I th- so there's two things that you mentioned uh, that I think are really important. One, I think the reason why Blackberries survived longer in like Canada, parts of Canada and colder climates was the fact that it was very annoying using a touch on all touchscreen phone in the winter um, back in the day. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. Uh, we all have, I shouldn't say we all, but a lot of people now have Bluetooth headphones and AirPods and stuff like that, where you can answer and receive calls. There's Siri and like assistance where you can speak if you need to send a message or even voice memos, which are really big now. Um, if you need to send something and also, like you mentioned, there are iPads. Tablets have really gained in popularity since the death of the BlackBerry that you don't need to use your phone to send long emails anymore. And if you did, you'd probably get a folding phone. So it's it's one of those things where there's so many 
alternatives to the physical keyboard that are more practical and easier to use um, that it makes it not as necessary. But once again, I do think it's cool. I love the color. I like the idea. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing a device that looked like this, maybe a little bit smaller, that was just built like this. Um, maybe, uh, you know, less of a smartphone, maybe something in the middle grounds between a smartphone and for people who maybe want to disconnect from social media. I think there's definitely a market for a device like that, but just adding a case to an already gigantic iPhone, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the Pro Max, too. Yeah. I mean, at least, okay, it's the titanium one. I, a 14 Pro Max is like a brick to hold. So I guess good thing they're not supporting that one. But yeah, it, it is strange that they're going to have a Lightning version and a USB-C version. And if it supports a 14 Pro, then it should support like the, thir the, the regular 14, the 13, yeah. the 12. But I mean, hey, maybe someone will buy one and test it out to see if it still works for those devices. But um, yeah, interesting device. I'll have to check out Mr. Mobile's video. I think I saw it, but I didn't uh, I didn't end up watching it. But I, I don't know. Do you have any other interesting tech to bring up right now? Um, well, one thing I do want to bring up, I brought it up on the last podcast, but I just want to bring it up again. The uh, Onyx Books Palma, the, the e-paper, um, the palm-sized e-reader. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned on the last podcast, it was my product of the year. It was really cool. Uh, but I always, I said that, Hey, I would love to see an e-paper screen phone. I think something like this, like a keyboard like this with the e-paper, a smaller e-paper display for as a cell phone for someone who maybe doesn't want like the biggest, you know, most connected smartphone would be really cool. But that's not a product that exists yet. The one thing I, I do have an interest in, and I think maybe it just might be me and I, I want to ask you this question. Do you think there is a market? We've, I've heard so many conversations around people wanting to disconnect, um, use their smartphones more. I personally use my smartphone specifically in black and white mode 99% of the time over the past few months just to, you know, help my eyes. Uh, but do you ever see the resurgence of a BlackBerry style phone or a dumb style phone? Um, like a less than smart smartphone uh, in the mainstream? Or do you think smartphones are here to stay for forever? I do see a resurgence, but I'd say it'd be more niche. Yeah, I could see it being a very niche thing, not in the mainstream just because of like social media and people watching stuff like YouTube, like Netflix on their phones. Yeah. And let's say... If you're someone that like has to commute and you like to watch a Netflix show on your phone while you commute, like, you know, a quote unquote dumb phone isn't going to do that for you. Yeah. Right. Um, but I do see like, especially because if you if you're someone that wants, I guess, like a dumb phone, you probably someone who wants to be like, OK, when I do use my phone, I want it to be really productive and then I want to put it away. So I do think it would be an interesting combination of this a keyboard like this with a e-paper screen. So it's like, all right, this isn't for scrolling on TikTok and watching YouTube videos. This is for either like taking notes, 
responding to messages, responding to emails. And then you wouldn't need like you wouldn't need like a high refresh rate screen. You wouldn't need a OLED screen for that. So it, it, there's a interesting combination, right? Like if you look at the Venn diagram of what do you like people who like keyboards and people who like dumb phones and like want to be productive when they do use their phone and don't want to be distracted, like all of that would kind of like intersect at an e-paper phone mm-hmm. with a keyboard yeah with a headphone jack yeah. too i was gonna say micro sd but like i feel like they wouldn't have much to store because it's not like you're storing like games or videos or movies or anything like that so maybe not a micro sd card slot but definitely a headphone jack um yeah that would be may if that product does exist please uh, <laughs> reach out to us let us know yeah a couple brand ambassadors right here also, to answer your question, just a couple of more like weird products that uh, I'd like to mention very briefly. One of them, I don't know if you've seen, it's the uh, Microsoft Series S toaster. Toaster? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you remember, they did a Series X fridge uh, a while ago. Yes, yes. Um, and they did a mini fridge as well. So now they, in Walmart in the States, there is a Series S style toaster that they're releasing uh i believe it's around 40 dollars uh and it's really dumb but also really kind of cool uh i i just like that microsoft is able to uh do stuff like this specifically with the series x when people were making fun of it calling saying that it just looked like a fridge um the fact that they actually made a fridge and a mini fridge i thought was really cool and then this is just cool too like being cheeky about their design um and then the other thing is there is, at CES, Samsung has also talked about how they're going to in, integrate work with Tesla and integrate the Tesla API into like their smart things kind of ecosystem. Um, and what that's going to allow you to do, hopefully, is control your Tesla charging, your Tesla power wall, all of that natively from your Samsung devices like your phone and stuff like that. And I think this is interesting specifically because we know that more and more manufacturers are going to be using the Tesla style NACS charging port going forward. And I wonder if that just API becomes opened up so that anybody in any car that they have can just, you know, control that from their Samsung phone. We've talked about what Samsung could do to make themselves more interesting to buyers. AI might not be the route, but if everyone is using an electric car, if you just natively have all the controls to your electric car on your phone, So, you know, before you go to bed, you can say, hey, make sure my car is charged up to 80% by 6 a.m. in the morning. Or, hey, you know, there's going to be a thunderstorm tonight. Maybe activate my Tesla Powerwall in case there's a brownout to make sure that my alarm doesn't get knocked off and I don't wake up in time for work and stuff like that. I think little things like that could be really cool in a future where everyone is using electric cars. Yeah, That, uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, one thing I I just saw about the Xbox Series S toaster, it burns an Xbox logo into your toast. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, good marketing. I mean, if you do have an Xbox fan in your life and you happen to live in the United States, I'm sure they'd appreciate this toaster. It's funny you say that because I'm not. Even though I'm not the biggest Xbox fan, I I do kind of still like Xbox to a certain extent. I looked for this toaster. I The moment I saw the announcement, I went to Walmart's website. I'm like, oh, is this toaster in stock? It's not available in Canada. So no, it's not. But 
Um, it's also kind of expensive. Forty dollars for a toaster. Forty U.S. dollars for a toaster is kind of nuts. But yeah, yeah, it's it's still it's still such a cool novelty thing that is stupid in the best possible way. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm looking here. Razor did a toaster too for like April Fool's Day, but they never actually released it to the public. Uh, there's a Destiny themed toaster. Which also does like the Destiny logo emblem on it, logo on it. Yeah, who knows? Maybe toasters are the new thing. Toasters and AI. Yeah, I mean, the big stories of 2024. The Destiny one, what would make it really cool is if they let you select, like between the three Vanguard logos, like the the Warlock, Hunter. Uh, what's the third one? Titan. Titan. And then it will toast that logo into your, your bread. It's not even a, a smart idea because it just means part of the bread is going to be less toasted than the rest of it. So it's, <laughs> it's a bad idea, but still fun. Like I said, in the stupidest yeah. possible way. Yeah. Any more interesting stuff? Uh, no, that's it for me. All right. Uh, let's take it easy. Everyone in podcast land. Catch you in the next episode.